When I see Pepper, I get my shoes. This is Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, Angela and Kristen discuss screen time, a topic that a lot of parents have been thinking about in recent months. They will talk about the different types of screen time, from television and video games to social media and mobile devices. And they'll go in depth about pros and cons of related activities. Through their clinical expertise, they help shine light on strategies that will help parents navigate screen time in a healthy way for their kids. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with special needs. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello, and welcome to our sixth episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. Hey, Angie. Hey, what's going on, Kristen? Oh, not a whole lot hanging in there. How's your summer now that we've moved into summertime? Yeah, you know, it's... uh, I guess it's kind of the same since my kids have been out of school, you know, with the whole COVID thing for months. But Mm -hmm. I guess we don't have those. A parent told me the other day, I like this term. She's like, we don't have deliverables anymore for school. And it's true. Like, there's a little less stressful, but still juggling working and having to take care of your kids at the same time um, is a little Mm -hmm. tricky. And we're just getting getting word on what's going to happen in the fall for for two elementary school kids and that's uh, making me a little bit nervous but we'll see what happens yeah it's it's going to be stressful for sure parker is my oldest is supposed to start preschool in september and we have no idea if he's going to start or not so it's been a little nerve-wracking for sure yeah Yeah. well i guess next month's topic on on that and collaborating with school and Mm -hmm. teachers will be pretty pretty timely so yeah definitely (laughs) All right. Well, hi, everyone. And we hope you're all doing well and you're enjoying your summer, hopefully, if you're listening to this while we're while we've hosted or, or during the month we hosted, I should say. So today's episode is going to focus on screen time, video games and social media use. So it's going to be a good one. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> so as you can imagine, this is a topic of interest for so many families. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this in just a bit. But It should come as no surprise to you that the use of technology has really increased over the last several years. And so, of course, many parents are faced with difficult decisions in terms of usage and setting those expectations. So with that said, today we are going to talk about what is considered screen time. So we'll level set a little bit. What is screen time versus video games versus social media? And we'll discuss some pros and cons of screens in general. And then we'll review some guidelines for use. And of course, why most of you are probably listening in, we are going to talk about some strategies for usage and ways to set those expectations. Yeah, good stuff. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Definitely. Yeah, we. I think, uh, you know, we when we were setting out to research this very important topic, we wanted to get some stats. And Common Sense Media is a very reputable source. It's referenced in... Uh, a lot of journal articles and just in a lot of places. So it has some really cool infographics if you check it out, Common Sense Media. And we wanted to take a look at some fairly recent data. Now, we will give disclaimers throughout this Mm -hmm. podcast about COVID-19. Obviously, right now, a lot of this stuff is kind of uh, out the window right now in terms of stats, of usage, of kids and teens. because kids are just on screens more right now in general, right? Because we're remote and a lot of us are still in kind of these stay at home orders. But um, we looked at some data from 2019. We just wanted to share just to kind of get a baseline and see, uh, you know, COVID aside, what are kids doing? And this is uh, fairly recent. So we looked at a couple of these infographics and what we saw is the amount of daily screen time use, and this is excluding school stuff. So this is just fun stuff. This is not educational school-based screens. This is, you know, 
the gaming and the social media and the YouTube and things like that. So for nine to 12 year olds, um, what they found was that kids were spending about four hours and 45 minutes a day. And that went up to seven hours and 22 minutes a day for teens. Um, wow. So yeah, wow. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a, it's yeah. a, when you see that down on, on paper, um, it may not seem like a lot, but it definitely, um, wow, it, you know, it's kind of eye-opening on, on paper. Um, all right, so another thing too that really struck me, and I, I just pulled a couple of these stats out there, but I would encourage everybody to go and take a look at it, Common Sense Media, the infographics for from 2019, but smartphone own- ownership. And this really went up in all age groups. They did a line graph and they graphed 2015 and then 2019. They found, I'm just pulling a couple random ages, but they found that uh, for 2019, eight-year-olds, 19%, so almost one in five eight-year-olds has a smartphone. 13-year-olds, it goes up to 72%. And then 18-year-olds, almost everyone, 91% Mm -hmm. has a smartphone as of just, uh, you know, last year. So interesting data. Just wanted to kind of start with that. And uh, yeah. Huge increase over the years. I was just thinking, boy, a big difference from when I was a kid. (laughs) I definitely did not have a cell phone (laughs) when I was eight. I didn't. I didn't either. Was there a cell phone when I was eight? Actually, no. I'm not sure. (laughs) No, I I didn't have a cell phone until I was in college, and I thought it was pretty cool at that point. (laughs) No, no uh, data or anything. It was like no, just for calling and text messaging was like you had to call. You had. Uh, to pay per text message or something. Oh, you know? that's right. Yeah, I do remember that. Okay. <laughs> You're like, don't stop texting me. <laughs> yeah, I have to pay for that text. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So what do you think? Should we start with maybe screen time and video games first? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So, all right. So like I mentioned before, we're going to go ahead and just level set just a little bit. So you all know what we're talking about when we're referring to screen time and video games. So what are we talking about? What are they doing? So for screen time, applications for education, maybe on an iPad or a tablet, also apps for fun. So all sorts of fun games there kids can play. Uh, maybe they're watching videos, so Netflix or video apps like YouTube. Uh, definitely certain games, so playing Fortnite or maybe your child is playing on on an Xbox or a PlayStation. Um, I'm not even, is PlayStation still cool? <laughs> I'm not even sure. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, maybe we'll go with it. Um, yeah, husband, so he knows playing on, <laughs> there's probably all sorts of cool ones out there now that that I'm not uh, I'm not sure yet because I don't have a teen. Um, but yeah, so so really, what we're talking about are those things. Not so much homework, not so much schoolwork, but when we're referring to screen time and video games, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I think it's good to kind of you know set the set the baseline there. Get a good understanding of of uh, what screen time is and what it looks like. So, um, let's go into the pros and cons. We know we did a lot of research. We really dove into these topics, and there are certainly pros and cons uh, for screen time, video games, and social media. So we're going to kind of go down the list. Um, I think I'll just take some. I'll take the pros, and then Kristen, if you want to go into yeah, the, I'll jump in the cons. with cons. Yeah, cons. Okay, so pros. Four, and we're going to break it up in two groups. So first, we're going to just talk about screen time and video games. We're going to save social media for its own little animal uh, in mm-hmm. a little bit. But uh, pros for screen time and video games. So entertainment, of course, it's probably the number one. Super fun, super, you know, exciting to, to really get sucked into that. Um, <laughs> it, uh, w- what we're calling, quote unquote, safe at home. So especially for younger kids. Um We know that a lot of parents will allow their kids to engage in screen time. They know where the kids are. They're safe, Uh, especially for the kids that maybe are quite young, where you're trying to make dinner, you're at the stove, or you're trying to answer an email. Um, You know that they're not running out of the the door or getting into Mm -hmm. any sort of trouble. So they're safe. Um, You can see them, and they're kind of in one spot. Um, Learning. Of course, that's another pro. Um, Some of the things that I've been interested and kind of introduced to over the last couple of months with uh, COVID, um, stay at home stuff is Go Noodle, which is kind of this fun 
dance app where you get to copy the dance moves. ABC Mouse, of course, that's a really common one with a lot of educational games. I think my kids are playing that literally right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> brain games. Um, I think, Kristen, you told me about Brain Yeah, games, right? I did. It's it's a, it's a cool, really cool science show from National Geographic. So it's it's really awesome. If you have not seen that, check it out. Yeah, awesome. Um, Cosmic Kids. Where uh, there's all sorts of yoga poses mm-hmm. and they're at a faster pace, which is kind of nice. So keep yeah, kids' that's attention. A good one. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another pro too for uh, under the umbrella of learning is we know that in the medical community, military, and aerospace, there's a lot of uh, kind of screens and, and simulation to teach uh, skills in those areas and those fields as well. So definitely a major pro is just kind of the encompassed in learning. Um, last couple of things too. So, it's obviously freeing parents up, <laughs> giving kids a, or parents mm-hmm. a break. That's, you know, let's be honest, that's very important. Um, also, enhancing hand-eye coordination. That is uh, looks to be a pro, according to some of the research. Social interaction and teamwork. for So for some of those more uh, kind of interactive video games. Teaching coping strategies and self-regulation. So... It's something that you have to kind of learn how to do, right? If you're losing a game or when you're asked by maybe a parent to get off or to transition, it's helping you to kind of have that uh, real life experience and maybe multiple um, opportunities during the day and across the week to practice self-regulation and Mm -hmm, and getting off. (laughs) And then interestingly, this is a topic that Kristen and I study a lot in our work, but executive functioning. Mm-hmm. So increasing some e- executive functioning skills. So things like solving problems and having to do multitasking. So those are a couple of the pros of screen time and video games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's dive into a few of the cons. So the first one really uh, potentially getting too attached, which I'm sure many parents are thinking about. There's been a lot of research in this area. So the World Health Organization has actually now created a diagnosis for this called gaming disorder. So very interesting information. And, and really games are, and you, I'm sure you can imagine, games are, are made to be addictive. They want you to come back. They want you to seek more. So definitely something that could be a con. Uh, mm-hmm. Along with that, really transitioning off. So Angie mentioned earlier that a pro could be if they can transition off, but then obviously a con is going to be, well, when there's difficulty transitioning from that video game. So that's definitely going to be a oh, con. Yeah. And then, of course, putting things off. So, of course, uh, you know, you've got a really important uh, something you've got to do for school or your child has their chores and they're putting that off because they want to play video games. Uh, that's definitely going to be uh, a con for sure. And then, of course, inactivity. So I, I keep mentioning video games a lot, but of course, video games or screen time. But if your child is sitting there for quite some time playing and they're, they've got that component where they, they want to keep playing over and over, there might be some inactivity there, concerns with obesity. So definitely keep an eye on that. And then lack of socialization. So if your child's not playing a game that is interacting with others and maybe they're watching shows or they're just playing other games and there could be some uh, lack of socialization or isolation there. And then just a couple other things here for cons. So exposure to inappropriate or violent content. I know this is something a lot of parents consider. The American Psychological Association has done a lot of research in this area and they're looking for links. Is there gonna be links between violent content and violent behavior? So you know your child best, obviously, you know how this may impact them, but definitely something to keep in mind. And then along with that, there are some studies to also study mental health concerns in terms of social media, or not social media, but screen time use and video games, and actually also social media use. But there (laughs) are some mental health concerns there, so making sure to look up the research in that area if that's something that you're concerned about with your child. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So that's a kind of a a recap of all of the pros and cons or a good chunk of the list. I'm sure there are more Mm -hmm. for screen time and video games. Yeah, let's do the same thing for social media. I think there are some big differences. So we wanted to kind of break those up into its Mm -hmm. own little thing. But um, 
what is social media, right? We were we were talking about this, <laughs> Kristen, the other day. Like, what are all these new things that these whippersnappers are looking at? Yeah. Um, what are they doing? Yeah. Well, we were we were looking at things. You know, what's popular right now? Instagram, right. TikTok, Snapchat, uh, Visco, which we had to look up. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned about that, that one. That was fun. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so. Just a couple of things, and I'm sure there are many more um, that other parents can kind of educate mm-hmm. us on, on as well. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that kind of sets the sets the stage for social social media. So let's go through some of the pros. So. Of course, there's going to be connectivity. So maybe you have moved away and your child is able to keep in touch with friends uh, or even relatives. So maybe you don't live near all of your family and your child can or children can keep in touch with relatives. Really important. Also, it's easier to connect and build relationships. So sometimes our, our younger ones or our tweens or teens, they might feel a little bit more, uh, feel like they can connect a little bit easier if they're not face to face. And then also sharing information and pics. So uh, obviously there's going to be some positive influence there. So depending on what they're looking at, they can see some positive influences from others. So for instance, if you know their, their best friend is doing some sort of charity event, they may see that, hop on that bandwagon and say, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that too. So really just exposure to things like that is, is really great. Of course, teaching money skills. So lots of teens, you know, they might be starting their business online. And so it's a great way to teach those executive functioning skills and money skills. And then the last pro that we came up with, connecting them to more perspectives or others' opinions or viewpoints. So of course, it depends on what platform they're looking on, but definitely a great way to have exposure to someone else's opinion and see that people share different views. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's actually, there are a lot of pros. There, there mm-hmm. definitely are. Yeah. So let's get into the cons. <laughs> potentially, <laughs> yeah, potentially getting too attached. So similar to what mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, um, these things have built-in positive reinforcement, right? So right. you get, you post, you get a like, and that's positively reinforcing you to post again and check back. And it's just mm-hmm. you want to go more and more. It's this dopamine in your brain, right? It's that pleasure center to want to do it again. So um, really, really easy to get attached to social media. Um, difficulty transitioning it off, just like we talked about earlier. That can be very challenging to put that away, put it mm-hmm. down. Um again, also putting off other things. So it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole and watch you know, go through and maybe there's a linked video there and go through all the pictures. Inactivity also. So if you're sitting there on um, your on the socials, as as they say, I think. <laughs> or no, I don't know. They, might, hey, they, they probably do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're putting off out of other things, right? It's, it's highly reinforcing more so than doing your homework. Um, yeah, inactivity, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Mental health concerns. Um, they're, Kristen mentioned that too. They're doing a lot of research in this space right now, especially if there's some negative influence, right? So we're going to talk more about that a little bit later, but just bullying or, you know, body image, self-esteem. Right. There are all these mm-hmm. filters now. So it's easy to feel inadequate. We see this a lot with teens and tweens, especially. It's a lot of times it's not real life, right? And it kind of has, right. yep. builds exactly. up these unrealistic expectations. Uh, fear of missing out, FOMO. Fear FOMO, of missing out. Yeah. yeah, definitely, big oh, one. All, all these people. I think that we, as parents, we see that sometimes too. You get those parents that are like, have these toddlers, but they're wearing this white dress and they're in this vacation and the kids mm-hmm. are just eating these ice cream cones and going on this <laughs> boat ride. And it's like, what? You know, my kids How are like, you get all of your children to smile for that photo. It's impossible. Yeah. No <laughs> stains on thought. anyone's shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, am I missing out? What am I doing? Right. My life's boring. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I, I've been seeing that a lot lately during COVID. It's like, oh, right. well, I gotta, I, I'm working, my husband's working, my kids, you know, we're just doing the best we can. And then there's these parents that are like, I did this amazing art project today. And, you know, and then we're <laughs> going to go on this nature walk. I'm like, okay, I did the whole 50, you know, things to do during coronavirus. And I did the scavenger hunts and all that. But, you know, so I'm like, what am I missing out on? What, what, right. you mm-hmm. know, my life is just so much boring, more boring, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, unrealistic 
expectations about life and reality. I think one of the things that's discussed in the research is that people don't post mundane things, Mm -hmm. you know, on Instagram. It's like, oh, look at this cool thing. So they're posting their best, right? So we have to keep that in mind. Um, Bullying, of course, definitely an important one. We know a lot of people feel more empowered when they're behind the screen or maybe they're even anonymous, people feel emboldened to say things that they wouldn't say to people's mm-hmm. faces, yeah. which is really scary. Um, even getting involved in or kind of a victim of a crime. I know, Kristen, you were telling me about the word catfish. Oh, yes. Right? Catfished. Yeah. So so basically, if somebody is under a different persona online, so they have a fake profile, fake name, and it's it's not them. There, It might be like a, a 40 five-year-old man trying to talk to like a 13 or 14-year-old girl and he's saying that he's maybe a 15-year-old kid Mm -hmm. so it's it's pretty dangerous yeah dangerous scary especially Mm -hmm. if your child is maybe more of a risk taker or right uh, yeah gonna Mm -hmm. or too trusting i think that's you know a lot of kids are very trusting too because they're they are naive they're not sure they think everyone's good Mm mm-hmm that's actually a topic in and of itself too that maybe we should cover one day it's like what's the you, you got to strike that balance right you don't mm-hmm. want your kids to be afraid of the world um you know i think i personally believe only a small smidgen of people are you know have bad intentions right or right. Are, mm-hmm. you know but you can't be too trusting of everyone yeah. it's like this balance not yeah. everybody is good but mo- you know most people are you know that sort of yeah. thing definitely um, difficult to find that balance yeah mm-hmm. yeah And the last one, unwanted attention or embarrassment, right? So embarrassment Mm -hmm. for a lot of different reasons. People are tagging you for pictures you don't, you know, you don't want them to, especially with (laughs) teens. They're still kind of working on that executive functioning uh, set of skills that govern things like judgment, right? So they may not have the best judgment, may not realize that uh, they've got this uh, global footprint now, Mm -hmm. you know, through social media. They're putting things on there and yeah, getting attention for maybe the wrong reasons. Right. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in a moment, but that just made me think of also just responding too quickly. Like if someone says something on there and you quickly respond with some nasty comment and then it's like, that's there, that is stuck there. And kids Mm -hmm. who don't have that impulse control to stop and think before they post it, they can get themselves into pretty tricky situations. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was some some, uh, articles recently about, I think it was like through LinkedIn, where they said a lot of employers will look at your profiles Mm -hmm. and see what your behavior is. And, you know, they they might not like what they see if you're not being very nice or maybe, yeah, not treating Mm -hmm. people very nicely or just, you know, there's a whole variety of things. Your whole life's out there. So, and I meant um, a digital footprint, not global footprint. Oh, (laughs) I didn't even catch it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. And and one more thing on that, and then we'll jump to talk about some of the guidelines and the strategies. But speaking of TV, and (laughs) I was actually, I was watching some shows and I was catching up on Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) And, um, you know, a lot of times they actually have some pretty good themes that go through there. And there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of focus on just treating everybody equally and inequality and all of that. And a couple of the bartenders on there posted something a long, long time ago in their lives. Mm. It was probably 12 years ago. And it, it was brought to the surface now on a TV show. So now it's like, not only what did their employer find out about it, but now like Everyone knows about it because they're on this TV show. So it's definitely mm-hmm. something to to teach your children. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Yeah. Such a good topic. Such yeah, a good it is. life We might lesson. need a, another podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we are going to talk a little bit about some of the guidelines and strategies. So of course, why you're all probably listening. Okay. We, we want to know what can we do about it? So uh, some of the strategies. So we did some research here and the American Academy of Pediatrics, Healthy Children and the CDC uh, and, and a few other sites. And, and we came up with a list of some strategies. So we're going to go through some of those. And, and then Angie and I put together our brains and came up with some other ones that we've used with, or, or we've taught parents parents to use. So um, we'll definitely go through those. So the first one, so make a media use plan. So this is really important. So you've decided to allow your child to have some social media, video games, uh, and um, you're 
like, okay, well, let's set some restrictions here. So there's a website called the Smart Talk website, really helpful to help develop a social media plan or a media use plan for your child. And then also the American Academy of Pediatrics Healthy Children's site has this as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a that theme, I think we were talking about this yesterday, get ahead of it, right? Like, mm-hmm, yeah. it's going to be a theme of a lot of these. Right, just exactly. Get ahead of that before, you know, you, before you know it, it could really snowball out of control. So mm-hmm. get that media use plan, get it in place from the onset. Um, the other thing, too, I thought this was a really good one, and I didn't initially think about this, but um, online, thinking about your child's online and your online environment, the same thing as a real life environment, right? So things like, well, in real life, we want to know who our kids' friends are, right? Or, mm-hmm. or it's a good idea to do so. Um, setting limits, right? We set limits in real life. We try to know where our kids are going and what our kids are doing. Well, liken that to their online life, too. So yeah, think about so it important. in the same way. Yeah, the same way. Think of it like the online environment is the same. You want to kind of apply those things that you want to be in the know about to their online uh, world as well. Mm -hmm, Definitely. That's really important. Uh, So along with that, setting those limits, setting limits up front. So ahead of time. So for instance, yes, you can have that screen time. Yes, you can have some social media use or you can have some video games, but you are going to have this amount of time this today or, you know, for the week you have this bulk of time or maybe your screen time on your phone has to stay under two hours, something like that. So setting those limits on the front end and continue to encourage unstructured time, outdoor play, exercise. So you're allowing some social media or screen time, but maybe you're also saying, okay, make sure that you are also doing outdoor play and things like that. I have a parent I I talk with pretty regularly and we actually created a pretty good plan for something like this. So she had a really hard time getting her son to go outside and play. And all he, of course, all he wanted to do was stay inside, play his video games. So what she did was she was like, okay, let's do one hour outside play equals an hour and a half of your video game. So I thought that was a real nice balance between the two. And he's, cause he was used to getting about four hours of video games. Mm. So she got it down a little bit, but it was nice to uh, develop the plan there and say, okay, I'm willing to give you your screens, but you've got to have some outdoor play first. Mm, and like then, that. yeah, yeah, definitely. Along with that. So I think equally important is to be transparent with your kids about when those devices are allowed. So for instance, you have devices after four o'clock, after you've done all your schoolwork, or maybe you only get two hours a day. So really being transparent during when they can have them during the day, but then also Mm -hmm. what age they can have them. So this is, I know you and I Mm, talked about this a bit, Angie, but um, Mm -hmm. so if you're saying you can't have a phone until you're 13, You can't have a phone until you're 13. So if you ask me at 10, 11, 12, you can ask me, but you're not going to get a phone until you're 13. And if you can stick to your guns with that, be consistent. You've set that expectation way ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important because of the friend peer pressure. And if you keep getting, yeah, if you give a, a, this was podcast numero uno for us, right? (laughs) Yes. We talked about staying consistent as parents. And Mm -hmm. if you're wishy-washy and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, think about it. That is leaving the door open mm-hmm. to get nagged about it again and again. Right. You know? Yeah. You set those expectations phone? ahead of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So going into the next one, I like this little slogan that we found, co-view, co-play, and co-engage. Mm-hmm. Right. Nice. So it, it is what it, you know, it, what it sounds like. You're watching, you're viewing. Um, I, I think even better, you're actually jumping in and you're playing uh, the other day, mm-hmm. my older one was uh, playing Roblox and I wanted to go in there and I'm, you know, and it brought me back to when I was playing Super Mario Brothers because some of them you have to <laughs> jump like yes. and you can't fall down or your character breaks into like several pieces and stuff. And uh, she's having me go and jump and, and you know, there's that mm-hmm. hand eye coordination. I just remember getting so into video games when I was a kid, too. So you're playing, you're seeing what's going on and what they're uh, presented with essentially, and you're you're engaging with them. So um, I actually I'll, I'll bring this up earlier, but Dr. Tracy Bennett, she's a professor at a, a local um, Cal State school here in Southern California, but she's also a mom and she's a 
licensed uh, clinical psychologist, and she does a lot of work around screen time and safety. And I saw her mm-hmm. speak a couple times, and she had an interesting idea. She said, uh, you know, for for uh, a lot of families, you can say, look, if you're old enough to play this game, you teach it to me. And you give me a presentation, oh, yeah. and you tell me uh, what all the parent controls are. You tell me what the dangers are and the pitfalls are, what the pros and cons are. You educate me and prove that you're able to be responsible to play. So kind of put it on them. Have them do a lot of the legwork. Because honestly, it is work to have to kind of get into this and learn about all this stuff. So, um, you know, get your kids involved in that. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's fantastic. Um so I guess a, along with that, if you don't have your kids doing it, make sure you are researching it. So research all of those apps, those games, research the social media that they're on, the socials, we'll call them. <laughs> research <laughs> that uh, and, and make sure you know what they're watching or doing. So there's there's a ton of apps, over 80,000 apps that call themselves educational, but they're not actually vetted by anybody. So we don't really know if they're educational. So if you download the game, maybe play it, see what's on there, see what your child is learning or looking at. There's lots of apps. Uh, Angie actually taught me this. <laughs> There's lots of apps where you can turn off the chats or turn off the friend requests. So like, let's say I actually, I play a lot of silly games on my phone. So like maybe Scrabble or something like that. And you can actually chat with someone you don't even know. And so if your child is playing those games, thinking ahead of time and saying, oh man, I might want to turn these chats off. Cause again, we don't know who they're talking to. They might be getting catfished. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good point, too, that you bring up. There's, you know, 80,000 plus apps. And we don't, I mean, they are quote unquote educational, but who who determines what that means, right? Mm -hmm, You know, some of these game makers might say, oh, yeah, sure, we're educational. So, um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Also, modeling good screen behavior ourselves, right? So this is a common one. Mm -hmm. You know, we see parents at the park or just out in the community and everybody's looking down at their phones or in restaurants when we were able to pre-COVID when we were Mm -hmm. able to be in restaurants someone goes up goes to the bathroom you immediately pull out your phone right right or you Mm -hmm. see parents at the table with their phones and kids are just you know sitting there so we want to make be mindful of our own screen time because our kids are watching Mm -hmm. and we yeah we also want to model and encourage proper online manners ourselves, right? These are really great in kind of person life teaching moments. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, So limit digital media for your youngest family members. So I'm going to give a real good COVID disclaimer here. So uh, I will say that (laughs) You know, because of COVID, I will, I'm the first one to admit that my little ones, and they're pretty young, they've had far more screen time than I would have ever prohibited at this age uh, if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, I'm working and I'm trying to manage two little ones. So I definitely, they had a lot more screens than, than I'd even like to admit. So definitely do not feel at fault if your kids have had more screens than, than you would like them to have had over the last several months. It won't work. Don't worry about it. But I'll go through just what are some of the standards from the AAP. So we'll go through just what do they say kids should be doing um, for the, for those younger ones in general so, times. In general, yeah, <laughs> not during COVID. <laughs> so so really, they say to avoid digital media for your toddlers, those younger toddlers, eighteen to twenty four months old. They could do some video chatting with friends and, and parents, or well, maybe friends, but uh, other family members. But um, limit that that media time for them. And then for children 18 to 24 months old, watch digital media with them because they can learn from you. So you could watch a show with them and and talk with them about that that shape or that letter or that number and definitely interact with your child while watching digital media. And then for our preschool age, two to five, it says about an hour a day of high quality programming. Again, COVID, not during COVID. (laughs) And then there's not a ton on uh, our children age. So it says about two hours for children and teens. Uh, There's not a ton of information on that. Most sites say parents' discretion. So, you know, definitely, you know your child best. You know what other, if if they're using it to avoid other things, maybe we want to limit some of that screen time. And then lastly, there 
kids in general are going to learn best if they're retaught in the real world. So for instance, let's not rely on Ernie to teach my art, your child, the letters, but you could say something like, oh, the letter D, let's talk about it during dinner time and let's bring it into the, the natural environment. I actually talk with families about this a lot now that I think about it. When just teaching language development in general, if you are talking about a dog, then take your child on a walk and point out all the dogs you see and talk about the color of the dog and what does dog start with. So you could take all that stuff that they might see on the screens and then use it in the natural environment and teach it in the natural environment. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. generalization, right? Mm -hmm. that, yep, that absolutely. Key term. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, we got a couple couple additional ones here. Yeah. Trying not to use screens as a pacifier, mm -hmm. right? So our kids, they do need to learn how to self-soothe. They do need to be able to be independent and have independent play, be able to occupy their time. And uh, yeah, to, to try to avoid using screens as a way to kind of quiet a tantrum, right? Because if you think about that from just kind of purely a behavioral or kind of human behavior standpoint, child tantrums, you say, shh, 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 stop, stop. Okay, fine. Here's your iPad. Well, what have you done? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So yes. great. You know, I'll just <laughs> tantrum next time I get that iPad. I'm super set. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a kind of oversimplifying statement, but, but I think you get the picture. We want to try to not use screens as a pacifier and really try and teach kids to be able to self-soothe and kind of screens are uh, kind of separate from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. So similar to what we discussed a little bit earlier, but setting some rules of use. So definitely setting those rules during those applications or those video games. A good example, again, around that same theme of if you don't know someone online, you don't accept their friend requests. So going back to Facebook, let's say maybe you can only have friends that you know personally. You could also, for your tweens and teens, you could use something called a behavior contract. It basically sets a goal. Once they reach that goal, then they get some sort of reward. So it could be something like, I am gonna keep my screen time under three hours a day for five days. If I do that, then I get XYZ as my reward. So definitely helping your child set goals for themselves. Of course, setting a schedule. So I like to tell parents to have a certain time of day that screen times turn on. Maybe it's four o'clock, but everything before that, unless it's schoolwork, is uh, all, the, all the fun screen time is maybe off until four o'clock or, or whenever it may be, certainly whatever time works for your family. And then along with that, having those media-free zones. So I talk with lots of families about this too, having certain times where screens are just off limits. So maybe dinner time, maybe getting ready for bed, maybe after 8 p.m., or maybe no devices in your room at night. So mm, those are some one. rules. Yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah. Those are some rules that you can set. And again, you know, just like I said before, be proactive with those rules. So some of you might be sitting here thinking like, oh no, <laughs> now I've got to set all these rules now. Um, and that's okay if you do, maybe pick one at a time. But if you haven't introduced your child to a lot of these things yet, be proactive and make sure to set some of those rules ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then one more here. Uh, so reminding teens, like we said before, that they are going to have that digital footprint. So whatever they post is going to stick with them forever. So I, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to mention. So for those of you who are listening, who are Rethink users, you, uh, you've got access to all of this great curriculum we have on there. And we have a program for this for kids. And this one is actually under the ninth grade section, but it's called Think Before You Post. So it's a nice video kids can watch. And I like it because it has think in as an acronym. So what it's basically saying is obviously think before you post and before you post, see if it is, and it follows that acronym. So see if it's true helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind. So I think that's really good that you can teach your children that, and then maybe they will stop and think before they post something that they might regret later. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty universal too. It doesn't even yeah. have to do with social media. It's like, oh, right. you know, use that acronym to apply to when you're saying something to somebody else Absolutely. as well. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, I could probably practice that one myself sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to hold on and not say. All of us. Why don't you get your shoes on when I ask you to? <laughs> I'll say that a little nicer next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's that mom guilt. So every right, day exactly. we go through that 
cycle through all the things. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, we got a couple couple last things here as uh, some strategies in the research mm-hmm. we've done. One of them is, this one is particular uh, to teens, uh, or I should say applicable specifically for teens. And um, really, you know, leaving those lines of communication open. So turning off the kind of the parent alarm, if you will. So if Tommy mm-hmm. says that he likes a girl, you know, don't jump to conclusions right away. Oh, you're too young to date. Oh, no, gosh. Ah. Right. So turn off those alarms. Be calm. Listen. Right. Uh, also, don't catastrophize. So don't, uh, you know, kind of freak out and, and instead be calm, be rational. Um, think about it this way. If if you do have these kind of knee-jerk reactions, then they are less likely to come to you. You want to establish yourself as a confidant, as a supportive person that has information and is on their team, is on their side. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good one. Yeah. I um, This is probably a good time, too, to just mention um, there's a really cool book. It's called Screen Time in the Meantime. It's written by that um, the psychologist I was telling you about, Dr. Tracy Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about how to keep kids inter- internet safe. And I send it for her newsletter. Anyone can do this. Uh, and she sends out frequent newsletters. They're really good. They're articles. Some of her, because she's a um, professor, some of the students write these articles. Oh, um, nice. They do research. Yeah. And in this whole space, just internet safety and the applicability to kids. Um, she has all sorts of cool things. So uh, I think it's a great resource if parents are looking for stuff. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a really good one. Okay, so we have a few others here, some other strategies we have taught parents to use, really. Um, So one big thing we've talked a lot about just monitoring in general. So keeping an eye on what your child is doing. And there are actually some really good apps for this, too. So monitoring apps, uh, there's one called Bark, and that one's really great. So it monitors cyberbullying. So what you would do is you download it on your child's phone, you would download it on your phone, and it's going to give you a flag, basically, and say, uh-oh, you know, there might be some cyberbullying going on, or there might be some uh, some mental health concerns happening on your child's phone, or, you know, maybe they've sent a message that's alarming, you're going to get a notification. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So there's that one. And then there are a few other ones that you can monitor the phone or even a desktop if your child has one and your child doesn't have a phone yet. Uh, some of them are called, there's one called Net Nanny. There's one called Custodio. And then there's Web Watcher. So there's a ton actually. So definitely just do your due diligence, research them. I'm not promoting one or the other, but just letting you all know that there are a lot out there and you can definitely look, at, look those up and then find one that works for your family. Yeah, that's great. It's a, I think a, a little bit of legwork up front, but mm-hmm. really worth it in the back end. So do yeah. your due diligence. Yeah, it's a nice peace of mind too. You know, like okay, mm-hmm. there's someone else watching because you certainly can't can't monitor everything. So mm-hmm. knowing that you've got something there that's kind of flagging those things for you, I think is a nice safeguard for parents. Definitely. Yeah. Well, my last one is possibly using screens as a as a reward or mm-hmm. to your to use it to your advantage, right? So we can really only achieve this if screens are somewhat exclusive, right? So if your kids have free access to screens all the time, it's not going to serve as a reward or a reinforcer. But if you do put these measures in place, you do have certain schedules and kind of restrictions and terms of use and so on, you could uh, use them to your advantage. I think, Kristen, you said it best with the parent you consult with. Go and mm-hmm. get exercise outside for an hour. You get an hour and a half of tablet time or screen time. Right. Um, and, you know, it's a highly motivating uh, reinforcer. So for a lot of kids doing remote schooling, it's, you know, get your work done. Then you can have some free time uh, on the on the tablets or the iPad. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um... I have a mom, another story of a family I talk with, but I have a mom I talk with pretty regularly. And yesterday we came up with exactly that plan. She said, you guys have an hour and a half of, of this, of these academics you've got to do. You've got to check your little checklist there and then just have your tablets after that. It's okay. Cause she has to work too, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I thought it was pretty great and um, pretty clever to just say, okay, just 
do this first and then you can have your, your screen time. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last one here. So <laughs> some of you might be sitting and thinking, oh no, you know, we've kind of gone too far. My children are on screens way too much. And what should I do now? Do I just cut it cold turkey? Do I just go down to, you know, one hour a day because that's the re recommendation? What should I do? So let's talk about just a few ways that you can decrease that time if you've maybe gone a little too far the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Not always last. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, I talked about it earlier, but coming up with those screen-free times, this is a really great way to fade out some of that screen time without it being just a, a jolting, uh-oh, you have no screens ever again. So you can find that happy medium, pick a couple screen-free windows throughout the day, maybe, okay, 12 to 1, no screens three to four, no screens, six to seven, no screens. And then you can increase that over time. So maybe you add in more screen-free windows or you extend the time where there are no screens. So you can gradually get yourself to where you want to be. And then mm -hmm. along with that is to slowly decrease from the baseline. So I'll give an example of a mom I talked with who's during COVID, of course, it's going to be a little different. You know, she's admittedly said, my son played Fortnite for 12 hours yesterday. And I recognize that's a problem. I need to decrease it. What do I do? So what we talked about and we said, okay, well, that's, that's the baseline right now. Maybe it's not her favorite baseline, but that's where we're starting. So let's talk about decreasing it maybe to 10 hours. Let you know, let's, let's slowly decrease our down. That's decrease it down. I think that's going to be, um, a little bit of an extreme example, um, but if you're, you know, if, if that's where you're at, then that's okay. You just slowly decrease yourself from there. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, this might be my favorite. So help your children create a list of, of their favorite activities that are screen free. So a lot of times we might say to our kids, go find something to do or go play or go outside. And that is, you know, that might, they might not know what, what to do in that moment. And that's probably why they might gravitate toward the screens. So you could say something like, let's create a list of your favorite things. Maybe you like Play-Doh. Maybe you like books, stringing beads, writing your friend's notes, those types of things. So let's create a list for every child. So then when you say, go find something to do, you're not really saying that. Now you're saying, go check out your list of things you can choose from to do because this is a screen-free time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Replacements. <laughs> exactly. Find a replacement. And that's a hard one to compete with. I will say it's hard to compete with video games and social media, but helping your child come up with other things they like to do. Find their passion, something like maybe art or music. So find something that they like to do and they can get involved in. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, I think, again, with COVID, we, I think everybody will admit that these strategies that, Maybe some of them will work. Maybe some of them won't work. Maybe there's not a huge plethora of replacement strategies, especially mm -hmm. for our teens who just right. all they want to do is hang out with their friends. And if they can't do that, you know, their only access to friends is through their screens. And so we get it. We totally mm -hmm. get it. Um, but maybe implementing a couple checks and balances and, and getting kind of creative and making sure that you're monitoring, even if you just choose one or two things to implement to kind of tighten up these practices could really make a difference. Right. Yep. So, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So instead of doing a recap like we usually do, we just uh, had a ton of strategies and tips. So instead <laughs> of recapping all those again, um, really just kind of closing out before we get into our Real Talk with Real Moms uh, kind of last segment. But, you know, overall, these are pros and cons, right? There there are definitely those pros and cons to screen time and social media and video games. There's no question. There's some really great things about it. And there's also some kind of scary things, right, as uh, for parents. So the the kind of conclusion really is choose what's best for your, your family. Take some of those guidelines. This is not an exhaustive list, although this is pretty, pretty comprehensive mm -hmm. from a lot of the reputable sites. Um, and take those guidelines and, uh, you know, implement them if you can and, and where you can. So things like knowing before you allow access, that's a really important one. Or as Kristen said, not, not all is, is lost if you've already, <laughs> if you're having to kind of work backwards and say, oh, I got to catch up with you. You're already ahead. You right. know, there are some things that you can do to fade out. Monitoring, of course, keeping those lines of communication with your, your kids open and, and really just establish yourself as a supportive resource for your kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so uh, sorry, I 
got distracted there for a moment because I muted myself because my neighbor's dog was barking. So hopefully that was not very disruptive for everyone. <laughs> so she might continue to bark. So ignore that. Uh, working from home. Real life. Real talk <laughs> yeah, with real Speaking moms. of real talk, we'll move right into that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so so we'll move into our last segment, really uh, real talk with real moms. And uh, before we do that, I'm, I'm sure you have something to share, Angie. Uh, but I was just thinking about earlier what what this would be like if if we had COVID-19 20 years ago so when we didn't have phones like we had mentioned before um it's crazy to think like what this would have been like if this happened when we were teenagers oh my gosh I don't know I I can't even think (laughs) I'd have been sending you snail mail like hey yeah I I sent you that in the mail did you get it (laughs) five days later (laughs) oh trust me we've been getting creative over here my kids are definitely emailing or um sending letters in the mail to their cousins and like oh okay, nice figure out yeah that's good but I, I don't even know how we would have done school back then like 20 years ago you oh, we yeah. didn't have remote I don't I don't even know no, I mean been... that's yeah it's kind yeah. of uh, kind of crazy so in, in America online right AOL, oh, AOL yeah we would have had to do some sort of online I don't know but then you have like one computer, maybe, like, you know, when it was dial up internet, up. I had to put yeah. a quarter in the jar. If I wanted to go online, I had to put a car- quarter in the jar. And then I remember like, my mom was like, I'm expecting a phone call. You can't. I'm like, what? How long are you going to expect this phone call for? It's oh like my four gosh. hours. I think she did that strategically now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> she was always oh. expecting a phone call. <laughs> oh, well, I guess for all the times I complain about this remote schooling situation for my kids, it could be a lot worse. It could have been 20 years ago when we didn't have those capabilities and Mm -hmm. who knows what we would have had to do. Exactly. Uh, Well, (laughs) my real talk is, uh, let let me break it down. So my older one, Lily, is trying to figure out ways to engage with friends. And so my husband said, let's get her a, uh, an account, an email account. It seems pretty safe. Right. So, Mm -hmm. We signed up we um, for a, a Gmail account. There's a cool thing where you do the Google family kind of oversight thing. So you get notifications on your phone and emails when they've signed in, different sites. And so it's, it's kind of nice. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. yeah, but she's uh, emailing us like multiple times a day, <laughs> just one-liners. Oh. Um, oh. Hi, mom. What are you doing? Okay, hugs and waffles. Bye. That's her. It's <laughs> like her little, you know, goodbye. Um and uh, it's it's been it's been kind of interesting, but I alerted my mom and my mother in law. You might get spammed by by Lily, but right. <laughs> it was it's a kind of it's a nice way for her to work on her writing skills. Um, but yeah, it was still it was it was a transition for us, you know, to get out there and, and create an account for her. And but uh, you know, my husband was the one that's like, hey, we got to get ahead of this. It's going to happen. Might as well be proactive and mm-hmm. and kind of research ahead of time so and it's pretty self-contained and and safe so um we're yeah we're testing the waters a little bit here (laughs) yeah that's good and I think it's good too to to know how to how to start setting limits ahead of time you know like okay you can check your email at this certain time of day but you can't check your email like every five minutes so you can start setting that precedent now because you know as we've talked about through this whole podcast there's an addictive component so it's kind of like Mm -hmm. ooh, I want to know wait, did, did so-and-so write me back? I need to know. So definitely setting absolutely. those limits. It's, it, you're, you're absolutely right. That's what we just talked about yesterday. We have it now where if she's done with her educational apps. She has like a small window before she goes into her next thing where she can check her email and then she can do it at four o'clock because they have their little Roblox time. So oh, fun. she can decide if she wants to do that. Otherwise, it's off limits because you're absolutely right. It's, um, yeah, it's that kind of constant, oh, I got to check. Maybe mm-hmm. they wrote me back. Maybe they wrote me back. But right. we're thinking if we have really small windows, then that might kind of cut down on that kind of obsessive mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> component. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone. So thanks for joining us on our sixth episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Join us next month for another hot topic, collaboration with your child's school. Until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Benefits. Find out more about Rethink at RethinkBenefits.com. 
where you can find past podcast episodes under the resources tab. Don't forget to subscribe to Behaviorally Speaking on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. Until next time, have a great day.